And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today in our show, we're going to talk about the Manhattan DA versus Trump, unjust, outrageous, and actually sinister. Arrest Trump GOP litmus test. Fifth generation warfare, don't be fooled again. Pence's DOA presidential campaign and Fauci's flop door-to-door jab selling. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. Everyone and brother, of course, is talking about the fact that it appears that Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is planning to arrest former President Donald Trump as early as tomorrow. President Trump put out statements. Alvin Bragg puts out statements. I mean, you know, and media everywhere is covering it. There's a lot of discussion about whether Trump supporters should show up in New York as a protest. Um, And the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, who is funded by George Soros, more on that later, Um, has already been consulting with the police, has allegedly an army of 700 police ready in case Trump supporters show up in New York. I want to have just three quick points in our first five today about this, but we'll be talking more about this because it's actually very consequential for America. Uh, First point is, in case you lose track of things like a double standard, this this is the New York DA who therefore is uh, lives in the same place where Hillary Clinton is a citizen. She's actually a citizen of New York. And Hillary Clinton, during the course of her presidential campaign in 2016, accounted for campaign expenditures of paying money to a law firm, Perkins Coie, and as it turned out, Perkins Coie was in turn taking that money and hiring Fusion GPS, which is the uh, you know smarmy smear campaign uh, organization that cooked up the entire Trump Russia collusion. If you lost track of that fact, Hillary Clinton's she tried to take campaign donation uh, deduction reporting for money that went to Perkins Coie that went to Fusion GPS, and they cooked up the entire Trump-Russia collusion hoax. We later learned after millions of dollars and, and, and thousands and thousands of, of manpower hours that there was nothing to the story. It had been cooked up as a campaign smear by Hillary Clinton. So this is campaign money, deduction taken for went to the lawyers, really went to cook up the entire Trump-Russia collusion hoax. There was no arrest in Hillary's case, no arrest, no indictment, no prosecution, basically no headlines anywhere. She very quietly paid last year, she paid a fine to the uh, FEC, Federal Election Commission, it's like $113,000. So she pays a fine for cooking up the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. Trump, on the other hand, if the allegation is true, paid money to his lawyer, who in turn turned some of it over in 2015 or early 16 uh, to as hush money uh, to a porn star. So Hillary's Clinton, Hillary Clinton's deal had massive impact on the entire country uh, for two and a half years. Trump's consequence, even if everything being alleged is true, has basically no consequence at all to anyone. 
And so the double standard idea, and we're going to get to the much deeper point about this effort of this DA to go after Trump, because what you're really seeing is a very sinister politicization of the law enforcement function in America. It is down the weeds, down just down the tank toward a tin pot republic. But so it's double standard to beat the ban. Not to mention that everything we're learning about um, what the Bidens have been up to, what Bill Clinton, all the things he did. No indictment, no arrests, nothing. And these people, especially Clintons, are practically walking felonies. Second point, this is like straining out gnats and swallowing camels, to borrow the expression from the Bible. You have, in this country, the same week that the announcements made that this DA, who, um, to be clear, took a million dollars from a George Soros-affiliated organization for his campaign, so he is committed to do the bidding of George Soros, that guy... Um, is bringing these charges this week, in the same week when the, the country is finding out that, as long suspected, there is a lot of dirty money inside the Biden family. You had Congressman Comer from Kentucky announce that he had uncovered not suspicion of, but proof that money and the millions went from the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, direct to the Biden family, the biggest, uh, the biggest story there should be, there could be, the, the corruption of our presidency at the hands of our worst enemy in the world. And what we are trying to focus on here, what, or this DA is trying to focus on in New York is, you know, we can get Trump, which is really the whole point of all that he's doing. It has nothing to do with the alleged seriousness of the allegations. It has to do with the get Trump motive that has just swallowed up the left. Third point is, given already how much America has been weakened by the Biden administration, America's stature in the world, America's republic. We have a, a completely unenforced southern border. There's now concern about people pouring over the northern border, also unenforced. We have the Biden administration embarrassing itself and America in front of the world and how we pull out of Afghanistan. We have just corruption piled on corruption, piled on just wrongdoing Biden administration hook, line, and sinker. And the American public is treated to the idea that all you should be thinking about is whether or not Trump is going to get indicted and what should happen if he did. We'll talk much more about that. And wrapping up the first five, I really want, I'm going to hit a couple other, many other points related to this story. But this is a little bit like those things that I used to talk about. They, they call them squirrel stories, where if you ever had a dog, you know, we, we had a dog when the kids were growing up, who was just a great, great dog, you know, kind of a little bit wild. And if you ever said to him, squirrel, if you looked out in the backyard and said squirrel, he was just out of his mind, leaping to get out into the backyard to run around and chase the squirrels away, protect the house from the squirrels. And that actually became a saying about what the media in this country does what the media do. They, the media, the left-wing propagandists who are who pose for mainstream media continually, perpetually engage in the squirrel mentality. Put a story out there that captures our attention, so we're all talking about the squirrel. And instead over here, what we should be talking about is the corruption being un unfolded right in front of our very eyes with the House Oversight Committee and Congressman Comer pointing out what has now become to the surface with uh, just, as he is calling it, uh, proof that CCP money made its way directly to the Biden family. More on this on the show today, but that for now, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. 
So uh, one thing I want to talk truth about, use my show line I like, um, you know, I talk about arrest Trump and his GOP litmus test. You know, <clears throat> there was a time that the Republican Party, if you were, you held the presidency, that you would expect that the RNC would be leaping to the defense of a Republican president because you know, they're supposed to represent the Republican Party. So right after this announcement was made by this uh, Alvin Bragg, is his name, B-R-A-G-G, Alvin Bragg, uh, again, who is in office as the Manhattan District Attorney because of million dollars that came to him through an organization, uh, called, I think it's called Color of Change, uh, which is funded by George Soros. So he's got Soros millions in his back pocket and maybe more, we don't know. And you're, you're bidden to do the Soros agenda when you're funded, your campaign is funded by him. So here he sits, Alvin Bragg announces he's about to, or, or he's talking about planning to indict and have Trump, uh, President Trump arrested as early as tomorrow. You would think the RNC would be leaping out of their seats immediately to denounce the obvious political agenda here, to denounce the, the horrific distortion and really uh, danger to the American system of governance that you have a district attorney in an era where Biden's corruption is being exposed just broadly and widely. And yet what you're seeing this New York DA do, who leaves Hillary entirely alone for regardless of all the things that she's done, but he, Alvin Bragg, is going to go after uh, Donald Trump. So you would think that many people would be leaping out of their seats to defend Donald Trump, or at least question what's happening. The first person who actually did so, uh, there's a um, one of the presidential candidates who's announced he's running for the GOP ticket for the presidency, is named Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy, I've actually heard him, I've met him, heard him speak a few times. He has a lot of good points he's making. And he was the first one out. And I believe my very wonderful producer, Emilio, has available a clip to play for you what Vivek Ramaswamy had to say. The reason I'm doing this is because the rest of the Republican field, I think, has been deafeningly silent about an important issue in the country today. Yes, I know it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yes, I know there's a lot of other issues in education or elsewhere that, I, that need to be addressed that I and others have talked about, but that's not the news of today. Okay, the news of today was that this morning we learned <coughs> that it is likely that the New York Manhattan Atter District Attorney is likely to indict a former president of the United States who is running for office. Now, I want to be very clear. I am in a presidential primary running against that individual, Donald Trump. But what I'm about to say has nothing to do with Donald Trump <clears throat> and everything to do with the integrity of an election and the integrity of a self-governing democracy. So I don't care whether you root for Trump or whether you don't. If you root for the integrity of our constitutional republic, then you need to be on the side of being really clear. We cannot have politically empowered prosecutors eliminating the opposition of a ruling party using arrest power. It is a sad day in America. It is a dark day in America if you have the ruling party in this country using police power to arrest its political opposition. That would be the beginning of the end as we know it. And I'll ask everybody here, wherever you are on supporting Trump or not, I don't care, a thought experiment. Rewind back to 2004, okay, if Bush and Cheney used police power in this country to arrest John Kerry, 
for a technical campaign finance violation that normally would never have been charged and if most as a, as a misdemeanor. Liberals in this country would have cried bloody murder and you know what? They would have been right. They would have had a point and I pledge, I promise to you, I would have been standing there right there with them to say even if John Kerry's not my man, this is not- Okay, we probably gotta cut him off. It's gonna go, go on too long here, but I wanna just make the point. Vivek Ramaswamy, as you, you were hearing, first of all, when he heard the news that this Manhattan DA, the utterly compromised by Soros, Alvin Bragg, announced he was, or I guess it wasn't actually an announcement, it leaked out that he was planning on arresting Donald Trump, probably an intentional leak. But in any case, there's a hearing today, there's another witness, the uh, grand jury is going to hear today uh, before the, the resolution is made about whether to issue an indictment. But Vivek Ramaswamy, here's the news, jumps up, puts a tweet out right away, next morning comes on and gives this blast you were just hearing. Essentially, and I want to, want you to hear that first, because I want to contrast it with what some of these other alleged Republicans had to say. Vivek Ramaswamy is getting to the heart of the issue in his statement. He's saying, essentially, this is a political persecution. This is abuse of the political power of the, of the power of those in, you know, who are running the country. This is an abuse of power. This is a political attack. This is, now I'll put my words up, a third world, tin pot, you know, just dictator level foolishness idea that once you have Democrats in charge of the country, we just try to destroy the predecessor. The get Trump attitude permeates the state level as we have with Manhattan DA, the federal level, everybody in power in the left or really in the uniparty, all they're thinking about all day long is how to take out Trump. And so Vivek Ramaswamy is saying, you know, calls it out and he calls the right issue out. He says, this is political. Contrast that with what uh, Ron DeSantis had to say. Now, first of all, None of these uh, people spoke up quickly, except Vivek Ramaswamy. And, and I'm not supporting him. I'm, I'm just saying he did the right thing here. He spoke up, he said the right thing. So others uh, who Vivek Ramaswamy is calling out in his statement, you know, well, where are you, uh, Nikki Haley, or whoever else he said, you know, um, DeSantis. So you can see the political consultants surrounding DeSantis saying, you, know, you got to say something. Vivek Ramaswamy is making us look bad. The media is covering, you got to say something. Um, and so, oh, here's a good idea. You know, what you can say, Ron DeSantis, here's what to say. And I'm going to play that, ask you now, Amelia, to play that clip of Ron DeSantis responding to the um, news of Trump potentially being arrested. Uh, the Manhattan district attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the, sky, the, the crime rate go up and we've seen citizens become less safe. And so you're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda. That's an example of pursuing a political 
again, DeSantis goes to the question. He do, he doesn't do the right thing like Vivek Ramaswamy. He doesn't go to the heart of the matter. This is a political persecution because the party in power is trying to take out a political opponent, which is exactly what it is. But instead, Ron DeSantis goes to, at least he says, yeah, this guy's a Soros-funded DA, so, and, and he has removed a Soros-funded DA. But he goes out of his way to repeat this, the salacious allegations. This is not what, you're, what you do when you're actually trying to do the upstanding, you know, uh, statesman-like statement about this situation. You wouldn't say those things if your goal was just to critique what he should be critiquing, which is that this is a political persecution by the party in power, using its power to attack his political opponents. That's the only issue. That's what he should be talking about. But he couldn't resist taking a little dig in there and getting after uh, the, the nature of the allegations against Trump. So not that impressive. Sounds very much like a political consultant wrote it for him. And then we turn to Mike Pence, who hasn't yet declared but appears as he's, uh, you know, contemplating declaring his own candidacy uh, for the presidency. His remarks, which I don't have on tape, but Pence did two things, which and we'll talk a little bit more later about the second one. But Pence had two things to say. One critique he made, again, all these people are getting pressed by the political consultants who surround them, the messaging people saying, you got to say something. So all that he, Pence, could think up saying was, doesn't this guy have better better things to be prosecuting? I mean, New York is a mess. I mean, when you get to the lawlessness of this DA and all Soros-funded DAs who don't enforce the law, who barely want to lock up anyone, yeah, you're going to have more crime. It's like it's like simple addition. You're going to have less prosecution. You're going to have more crime. It's just, you know, it's, it's a obvious a fact is gravity. But anyway, so Pence, all he had to say was, doesn't this guy basically have uh, more to say, uh, more to do than, than, than um, prosecuting or looking to prosecute President Trump? You ought to be pursuing crime. The other thing Pence did, though, in an interview over the weekend, we'll get to this later, we talk about, I think, I think Mike Pence's uh, uh, campaign is DOA, literally dead on arrival. He will not get close to winning any states. He will not, if he de declares the presidency, he will not win. But the other thing relevant to this Trump possible arrest that Pence had to say was, well, you know, when he's called to testify, he, Pence, will be called to testify, he will not honor executive privilege. Meaning, of course, Trump and Pence had a lot of conversations, uh, and this is relating to January 6th and other things, a lot of conversations that you're supposed to be able to have as a president with your top advisors, and there's a privilege recognized in law called executive privilege. It's not as well-defined as attorney-client privilege or, or husband-wife privilege, marital privilege, but it is a, a recognized privilege. And what, DeSant what uh, Mike Pence is saying is, by the way, I'm not going to honor that executive privilege. I got to tell you, I don't know if the law has been uh, defined. Uh, the case law has spelled out how the executive privilege should function to this degree. But, you know, if it's attorney-client privilege, as an example, if I, as an attorney, had a client and we had privileged conversations and you have to have those privileges so the client can open up to you and say, well, here's what I did, here's what I think, you know, wh whatever they have to say about the, the case. And so the privilege is owned, so to speak, by the client. I mean, the client can have an attorney-client privileged conversation with the lawyer, and then if the client decides to waive the privilege, the client cannot, can do that. The client is the one who can waive the privilege. It doesn't matter what the lawyer thinks. 
because the privilege is owned by the client because, and they get to decide if it's in their best interest uh, for whatever reason it would be to waive the privilege and expose the conversation, otherwise privilege, tell what it was, and then the privilege is gone. Well, I don't know in the case of the executive privilege, being uh, which uh, Mike Pence as, is saying as VP, he decided now, uh, as he's called to testify, um, whether he's going to, uh, he says he's not going to honor it. I don't know who owns the privilege, but I would guess the courts would say the president owns the privilege. The purpose of the executive privilege is to have the president be able to get, to have frank conversations, be able to have intense conversations with all aspects, all issues assessed by those in the privileged conversation and trust that they are legally prohibited from running out and telling the media all about it or your political enemies all about it or anyone else. The privilege allows, is there to allow the openness in the conversation in attorney-client, in, in the marital privilege, and the executive privilege. So I don't even know if Mike Pence has the right to say, I won't honor the privilege, although I don't think President Trump is going to want to spend a lot of time arguing in, uh, in any setting about whether or not uh, Mike Pence can waive that privilege. But I'm getting at the thing with Pence. Pence has just drawn the daggers out. He has staked out his grounds. He is a squishy rhino moderate and he deplores Trump and he is out to get Trump and he is fine. He is fine with all of the attacks ongoing against President Trump. So that's why I say he's DOA. I'm more about him later, but I do, th I do think that people who are looking at their presidential candidates uh, in, for 2024, and there are going to be more who join the race, I believe, on the Republican side. I don't know what's going to happen on the Democrat side. Apparently, Biden's going to declare, I think it's like two more weeks, Biden's going to declare he is running. So well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, anyway, but back to the Republican side, I think it's a litmus test. It's actually a character test. You know, when you understand that your ally on your side of the aisle is being attacked in what is nothing short of a political persecution, a petty dragging up of something from seven years ago. And by the way, on this whole issue of what, what this um, DA in Manhattan wants to charge President Trump with, you should know that the at the federal level, this was investigated, this alleged payment to this porn star uh, through Trump, through his attorney to the porn star, if that's what occurred. Um, and it was even decided at that, at, back then, I think the decision finally from the FEC was in like 2019 or something saying, there's nothing palpable here. There, there's nothing, there, there's nothing uh, you know, tangible to be concerned that they basically threw the case out. This, this is a bunch of garbage complaint against Trump whether he, the hush money was paid. And, and so, I mean, it's already been closely reviewed by a DOJ that hates President Trump and would have done anything to hurt his image and hurt him with the public. And they looked at it and said, nah, nothing to see here. And somehow this Manhattan DA, seven years later, seven years later, is now thinking this is a reasonable, I mean, it's kind of like out of the blue from the past. Now that I think about it, maybe I can get him on this. This get Trump attitude has just literally permeated um, the left uh, and many positions of power in this country. I'll tell you something else about this. I think that, um, I think it was Elon Musk said, I think he's exactly right. If this Manhattan DA charges Trump with anything, arrests him, indicts him, charges him with anything related to this alleged payment of money to this porn star, I think 
it will guarantee Trump's victory in the primary and the general because the American people are actually pretty smart and they don't like this idea of our country turning into a, a political, you know, tin pot dictatorship where you have, once you have someone in power, they find a reason to arrest the previous person and lock them up. This whole lock Trump up mentality. Maybe people on the left thinks that feed, think that the leftists in this country are all excited and can't wait for a reason to get Trump. And there are people who think like that. But I'm telling you, this will so outrage people who otherwise didn't even like Trump that much. We're kind of hoping to get behind Nikki Haley or DeSantis or Pompeo or Pence or somebody. This will galvanize Republican base against the ruling class Democrat uniparty cabal that is thinking they can do anything they want to Trump and they can take him down somehow and the American people will just take it because they won't just take it. They won't. This will guarantee Trump's victory in the primary and the general if this clown of a DA continues to go after this. Much more to say on that, but we'll probably have to be talking about this much more. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, so today, the next topic I, I want to tell you about something. It's called Fifth Generation Warfare. Don't be fooled again is name, what I named this topic. But I first want to tell you that, um, so there's a book I got, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, uh, whose name you obviously know, uh, he... You know, he briefly served in the Trump administration and he was completely uh, attacked by Mike Pence. Another reason Mike Pence's campaign, potential campaign for the GOP nomination is dead on arrival. I'm telling you, will not happen. But in any case, um, so Lieutenant General Flynn has been really active ever since then, ever since finally he got out from under the control of the stranglehold of the uh, federal court system and, uh, and you know, got his whole case put aside. Uh, actually, Trump had to pardon him and finally the judge let it go. But one thing that Mike Pence, who is a warrior, excuse me, one thing that Lieutenant General Flynn has, he's a warrior, he's a long-term military guy, he's studied mil military strategy, which is much more than, you know, troop movements and kinds of armaments and whether you fight by land or sea. It's, you know, it's a lot of it's psychology, a lot of it's, you know, what kind of warfare do you engage in to shift people's thought? So he wrote this book. I'm going to hold it up and just show you for this book. It's, I'll just tell you, it's called The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare, Introduction to, and then he calls it 5GW, Fifth Generation Warfare. And it's actually written by Flynn, Lieutenant General Flynn, um, as well as Boone Cutler, um, who's a Sergeant U.S. Army retired guy. And um, the back cover is like this, I'll show you. It says, Humanity's Flight Against, Fight Against Globalism. It's a little book. And um, this is, you know, Lieutenant General Flynn's been pushing this book, and I've been you know, reading it. Uh, it's, it's kind of, it has workbook things in it, which I'm not too nuts about, but it's making the point, and I want to uh, just try to drive this point home in this um, call, to, in this um, show today. Flynn's trying to make the point that we have to see things that are happening around us, things that are happening in this country, um, not just, you know, little issue by little issue, uh, but we have to see the, the bigger picture um, of what they are trying, what the left is trying to do to this country um, and how we are watching the globalists try to take down America from a whole different, from, from a variety of angles. And I say this to Michelle all the time. If you get hung up on thinking, well, the border is one thing and COVID vaccine tyranny is another thing and um, the uh, spending out of control is another thing. And the Green New Deal lunacy of the climate alarmists is another thing. You're really missing the big picture. It's one 
combined war against the idea and the existence of America. The globalists in this world live and breathe to take down America. The World Economic Forum types, the one who's the New World Order types, who are, and our government, especially on the left, is filled with these people. Their mindset, their goal is to be sure to destroy America. And there are, and this is, it's the same thing, it's, you know, melded in with what the communist or Marxist agenda is. It's all one big anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-God, anti-constitution movement with all these different players in it, New World Order people and World Economic Forum people all trying to take down America. And that's part of what uh, Flynn is talking about is recognizing when we're in the midst of fifth generation warfare. I'm gonna quickly interrupt myself here to say, radio listeners, first of all, I'm so grateful Brighton Radio carries this show. Thank you for carrying it. This is Debbie Georgiatis. My show is called America Can We Talk? You can see everything about my show at our website, americacanwetalk.org. You're gonna go off on a break for three minutes, come back, I'll still be here. Okay, so continuing what uh, Flynn is saying, you know, I meant to send this uh, text to show you, uh, meant, to send, meant to send it to Emilio, my happy producer today, but I didn't get around to sending this one. But, you know, Flynn has a tweet out, where he, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn saying, you know, yes, we should be concerned about Trump's arrest. And yes, we should be, you know, pointing out why it's bad. But the larger point is, the larger goal is to recognize this is like squirrel. He doesn't say those words, my words. It's like, don't get distracted so your 100% of your attention is being paid to what's happening with this alleged impending arrest of Trump. Don't get thinking that's the only thing going on because what you really are, I mean, it is not coincidental, my very fine friends, it is not coincidental that you have this arrest discussed, being discussed and contemplated, and this one uh, new super secret witness who turns out to be another lawyer, uh, a, testifying today uh, before the grand jury in New York, before they decide about an indictment, um, is not coincidental that this is happening right after the uh, Republican-led House Oversight Committee has reported to America, has exposed for America that they have now gained access to documents through the Treasury Department and through Bank of America through subpoenas they've gotten documents that they say show absolutely positively that the the um, uh, CCP, Chinese Communist Party, directly sending money to the Biden family. Or not directly, it goes through, went through somebody in the, on the way there, but the point is they've now got proof. And so this is, this is monumentally consequential. This makes almost everything else we even talk about irrelevant. This is the number one enemy of America, China, who's already said at their big conference uh, in 2022, they absolutely intend to be the world's single dominant superpower by 2049, which is their 100 year anniversary of China's uh, being taken over by the Communist Party. They intend to take down America. So those people who are against America's very power, existence, sovereignty, and greatness have been funneling money to the Biden family. And this DA in uh, New York wants to get you caught up on whether or not Trump uh, secretly spent, sent hush money to some porn star. I will tell you folks, Michael Flynn is really, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn is really onto something here. He's onto the idea that we, we are endlessly being given false flags. So we ignore the real issues. Real issue right now being, of course, still, what in the world was going on? Why was the CP, CCP funneling money to the Biden family? Very good question. 
also all of us have become so it's kind of like when kids get accustomed to, you, they've done these studies that show when kids play video games and they're constantly you know killing somebody and shooting somebody and splattering somebody they become just they, they become um uh, unable to care about violence, unable to care about killing and violence against others, they become convinced, they become desensitized to violence. And so in the same way that children become desensitized to violence because we see it so much, they see it so much, we in America have become desensitized to the absolute corruption and abandonment of the, by the Biden administration of their basic duties to enforce the southern border. We have shows on this. We have experts come in and talk. We have explained to what's happening in the border. And the border continues to be wide open. It continues to be invaded. It continues to have no one speaking up, almost no one in Congress speaking up. But we become desensitized and people go, oh, yeah, I know, I know. We, we have a southern border not enforced. I mean, that's like, I mean, you can't even think of an analogy that, that does it justice. We are all, we've become desensitized to the fact that we have the Biden administration taking money from our worst enemy, utterly abandoning the southern border, which is leading to the deaths of, of, of thousands of young people and others to fentanyl. We have just the... I mean, everything about the Biden administration is geared to destroying the sovereignty of America. And and this is part of what Flynn is saying is we're watching the globalists take down America, or his words on the back of his book, Humanity's Fight Against Globalism, which is communism, socialism, China. And I, I love that he's saying this because it's a really important point to keep in mind. We can talk about, we will talk about the grotesque unfairness of what's happening to Trump because it does matter, but recognize it's just one piece of a larger agenda. So I do urge you to get this book. I'm, I mean, Flynn didn't tell me to say this, but The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare, as they say, it kind of makes it like a workbook. And so you have to decide how much you want to, um, you know, um, do that kind of thing. But the intelligence and insights and laying out it's this fifth generation warfare. And by the way, I can tell you the other generations of warfare, in case you wonder why you called it that, First generation warfare was pre-gunpowder. Second generation warfare introduced the aspect of weapons that used gunpowder. Third generation warfare incorporated flying machines, tanks, trench warfare, rockets, and long-range artillery. Fourth generation warfare introduced atomic and nuclear. And fifth generation warfare involved, evolved essentially. It's a cognitive battle space. It is what you read and see and believe to be true. And this is where we're being played in this country, played and played and played by the propaganda media that just spits out and repeats whatever it is the left-wing powers that be um, want them to spit up. Which leads me to something very quickly I'll tell you. Um, so I, I um, periodically am in touch with this enormously consequential, wonderful woman uh, in, um, I think she's New Jersey or, or Virginia or New Jersey? I think Virginia. Anyway, there's a woman named Shi Van Fleet. Her first name is XI, Shi Van Fleet. Uh, she grew up in China and she lived in China under the Cultural Revolution under Mao Zedong. And now she's an American citizen. She's the one, many of you saw, she testified at some school board hearing where she was essentially saying, you know, she was trying to raise the consciousness of the parents and the school board members to basically say, what you're doing to our students today is cultural Marxism. I've seen this before. I've seen, I've seen how it works. I watched Mao Zedong do this um, to our country, to China. And she is 
you know, just she's just jumping up and down, waving the flag, trying to get the attention of the American people. Please understand how dangerous the left in this country is. In fact, she had a tweet out saying how, um, you know, the the uh, left tries to make everyone scared of Russia and the conservatives try to make everyone scared of China. And yes, they're both bad. But what we should really be alarmed about is the degree to which Marxists have invaded American government and Marxist ideology has taken over our institutions and our government. So she had a tweet out. So I sent this to Emilio, who's going to put it up for you. And you can, I'll just read it for our happy uh, radio listeners. It's a tweet by She Van Fleet. And you should follow her on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, her Twitter handle is at X Van Fleet at X-V-A-N-F-L-E-E-T. And her tweet says, this reminds me of Mao-led of Mao-led proletarian revolution against the rich in China. What she has up is a picture of, a, it was another tweet put out by a group called New York Communities for Change. And it's a massive protest outside the governor's mansion in New York, essentially demanding uh, more and more taxes on the rich. And these, you know, these bunch of, uh, you know, people are out there just outraged and they're bellowing into their microphones and loud loudspeakers and, you know, chanting things and yelling and demanding um, that the governor of New York crack down and raise taxes on rich people. And what she's getting at is these people might think that they are inspired, um, you know, really, really well-informed young people. And they've got righteous outrage because the rich should pay more in taxes. And we're going to protest outside of the governor's mansion. And what she Van Fleet is observing is these people are actually the useful idiots Lenin talked about. These protesters are the useful idiots manipulated by propaganda, like the kind of propaganda that we hear Lieutenant General Flynn talking about. These young people out there screaming and yelling slogans about, you know, give me more money and, and you know, tax the rich and just, just, just painfully stupid, painfully ignorant, but very, very dedicated to the idea that if they protest enough, somehow they'll get the governor to raise taxes on uh, the people in um, New York, and that'll make everything better. I will also mention to you, um, so she had that tweet out, but on this topic of how, how much we are just led down the path, manipulated down the path, so we're supposed to be all worked up, and we should be very concerned about this political persecution by Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg um, of the pending, apparently, persecution uh, of Donald Trump over a nothing burger, you know, compared to everything Hillary did and got nothing, no prosecution, no arrest, no indictment. But they go after Trump for something seven years ago, uh, which it impacted exactly no one, exactly no one, except some porn star has a little more money and is spending cash. But you should also know that um, the same guy I mentioned before, uh, Representative James Comer, who's the Republican from Kentucky in Congress, chairing the Oversight Committee, he's saying, you know, you, we only have the beginning of what is going to be seen by the American people. Now, he said there's 12, I think it's 12 more um, huge revelations coming that their committee has uncovered because they finally got Treasury to turn over the... Um, information they've been trying to subpoena from them, as well as Bank of America, uh, Treasury, Janet Yellen only agreed to turn over uh, the information being subpoenaed when she was threatened with 
Otherwise, we'll subpoena someone to show up and sit here on camera and public testimony about what you have. And she didn't like that spectacle, so she finally sent the documents. The Bidens are being exposed. They are being exposed. The left is being exposed, but it takes tremendous tenacity. And we, the patriots who love this country and love freedom and understand what America is, we have to be absolutely on the job, not just pressuring our elected officials um, about issues like, you know, I mean, in fact, by the way, I meant to tell you, oh, yeah, um, Speaker McCarthy said that he is going to begin an investigation into the question of whether or not the Manhattan DA was in any way cooperating with getting information from uh, the FBI. Because that, uh, says McCarthy, could be a violation of federal law if the FBI is helping this persecution of Trump. So anyway, but there, um, anyway, there is going to be a story to watch. Um, I have my next topic. I'm going to hit this qu quickly. Um, Pence's DOA presidential campaign. I really do believe, I mean, many vice presidents have a hard time running and winning the presidency. So Pence isn't alone. And actually, you know, Pence got onto the ticket with Trump at a time, I think, that the you know powers that be the um you know consultant class and the kind of professional republican class thought they better have pence in there uh, because otherwise <clears throat> you know trump wouldn't be saleable wouldn't be um people wouldn't support him who are more moderate republicans they wanted to see a familiar face up there in the white house they want to see someone who might be more or less on board uh, with more traditional republicans so so pence gets on board with trump but really, uh, I want to. I want. I mentioned earlier. I'll just say it again. Uh, the reason I say Pence's presidential campaign is DOA is that he has decided. He's taken this decision, made a decision very early um, in this uh, presidential campaign season. He hasn't even announced it. Maybe he's already thinking. Forget about. It. I can't even stand it. But he's made the decision. He's going to turn on Trump. When he says, I will, I will not assert executive privilege um, for testimony related to the 2020 election challenge. So all the 2020 election challenge issues, the J6, everything, uh, he, Pence, is saying that he will not honor executive privilege. As I say, I don't know if he has a right to, um, you know, to, to be the one to break the privilege, but in any case, he's saying that. But the deeper reason I say, among many, I say that Pence is really... Um, He's just not to be trusted by any patriot Republicans. He just he's not trustworthy. Uh, there was a great piece written. I keep mentioning it on the show, and I don't get to the details. I'm going to try to get through them, uh, but I urge you to read this piece yourself. The piece is called The Treachery of VP Mike Pence Explained. It's written in the substack, in the substack by Emerald Robinson. Emerald Robinson is a brilliant researcher, writer. She has her own show. Uh, back east, she is just a um, she's a great thinker, and she's put together uh, a lot of pieces that are that really she's very compelling. So I urge you to read the whole thing yourself because I will not be able to do it justice. But she's making the point essentially um, that Mike Pence, you know, he he had the thing recently. Mike Pence did when he was, um, you know, he had a chance to give a speech. He could have said nothing. Uh, he was it was at that gridiron dinner, so he's I don't know if he thought he was funny, but in any case. Um, you know, he said basically Donald Trump endangered my family, which I think those were probably the last six words, Donald Trump endangered my family, five words um, that he ever will utter and people will listen to him because what he said is, I am turning on Trump. That's what he actually said. I am turning on Trump. But 
this uh, treachery article really lays out things that happened while he was serving, while Pence was serving um, as Trump's VP. And it caused you to realize that the level of, um, um, I think it's a sinister level, uh, disloyalty and, and deception that was engaged in by Mike Pence. I'll just tell you a couple of the points. Uh, one is, she's making the point that, um, you know, early on when um, Trump had hired um, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn as his national security advisor, uh, that it was Pence that brought about uh, the, uh, his termination. It was Pence, VP Pence, who said he had he couldn't have Lieutenant General Flynn in his um, you know, in the White House. He didn't trust him. He says he lied about something. So her first point she's making is, is you know, nobody. I mean, the reason he Pence was saying that he thought that I'm sorry, this is bumping the microphone. Um, the reason that uh, Pence is saying that um, you know he was given at the time why he had to fire Flynn was because Flynn had lied to him about his contacts with Russian diplomats. But she makes the point, the only, re and this, the only re way which Pence had at that time to know that Flynn had had a conversation with some Russian diplomats, which Pence claimed didn't square up entirely with what then in the conversations that Pence had with Flynn, she's pointing out it had to be that Pence was talking to the FBI, FBI people giving information to him, to Pence about what Flynn was saying on the phone. So this is, you know, going behind the National Security Advisor's back, and you got to understand the connection here. So there was a connection between, um, you know, as Peter Strzok, the completely disgraced FBI agent, who was the one who came and did the interview with um, General Flynn and really appeared to be the one kind of setting up Flynn for this uh, down, his downfall. Strzok is the one, this, this you know, disgraced, uh, guy, Peter Strzok, but he points out that Peter Strzok's assistant, you know, so Peter Strzok is at the FBI. The FBI is listening in on uh, Flynn's call with some Russians. Somehow the FBI lets Pence know this, but the connection there is Peter Strzok's assistant was Catherine Seaman, and Catherine Seaman was married to Mike Pence's chief of staff, Josh Pitcock. So you got these, these staffers, one in the FBI, one in Pence's staff, who are, you know, feeding, it appears, feeding Pence information, uh, totally not, not good, not good. Okay, another one was, there was a State Department official named Jennifer Williams, who moved on to Vice President uh, Pence's staff as a national security official. She'd been State Department, she moves into Mike Pence's staff um, um, as a uh, national security official, and she was one, um, she actually volunteered to testify against President Trump. She volunteered to testify against President Trump in his impeachment trial over the phone call with the, with the Ukraine, with Zelensky. So you, I mean, I'm just getting at, Pence was working angles from inside the White House People in his staff, you know, whether he knew he was being manipulated, which I think he did, but Pence was okay with people on his staff, and who then, as I say, turned out to be this Jennifer Williams, a Pence staffer, national security official on Pence's staff, turned out to be one of the key people at the White House who testified against Trump, turned on Trump. So there's a, there's a, 
grotesque history in the in the Pence presence in the White House. Um, and then another, the last one was this Olivia Troy, T R O Y E, Olivia Troy. She was Pence's COVID advisor, and she was the one responsible essentially for facilitating the the uh, Dr. Fauci vaccine um, effort. So much of what really turned out to be the downfall or the attacks on Trump's presidency involved people on Pence's staff. And I, I raise this to say, you know, I don't think Pence is, you know, a communist or something stupid. He's not one of the, you know, he's not one of the take down America communist people at all. Obviously, Pence is not that. But Pence is a uh, you know a completely you know rhino-ish moderate Republican who is was angling. He wanted to be president himself. He was angling for power. He had no loyalty to President Trump, even at the time he was in the White House. He allowed staffers of his to be part and parcel of all that kind of led finally to the uh, difficulties the Trump administration faced. He was never really on Trump's side. So the fact he's engaging now and the kind of things I've been telling you isn't surprising, although it is extremely disappointing and I don't know what other word to use, gross, unpleasant, unacceptable. Um, okay, last thing to hit today, if I can yeah, quickly tell you is Fauci's flop, door-to-door -door jab selling. Okay, I have to tell you, I didn't know that things like this happened and I think it's kind of entertaining. So what happened was... Um, you know, there's a, I don't know the precise percentage, but I have seen statistics reporting, official, um, official statistics saying that in the African-American community in America, there's a lower percentage of COVID vaccination than there is in the population overall. More black Americans decline the COVID vaccine. Whatever reasons they have, I don't know what they would say. So there was an effort made by Fauci to go door to door, knocking on doors, not, not just by himself, but he had um, a slew of people with him, and they were people who, most of them were masked. I mean, they're still wearing masks, okay, start with that, but people wearing masks, and they were essentially knocking door to door on majority black community in majority black community neighborhoods, and then he had one black woman with him who was uh, the only one who spoke in the video I'm about to show you and talk to you about, but she spoke too at this guy's door. They're knocking on doors, essentially trying to arm twist people who uh, live in the black community to get the COVID vaccine. And they're even offering to pay them. Literally, they're offering to pay these people to get the vaccine. And so one guy, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I end up with faith in the American people. I'm just telling you, the American people are much smarter than what the left uh, gives them credit for. They're much smarter, they're more savvy, they're more discerning. The left likes to think of the American people as easily manipulable. This is why, by the way, they're willing to go after Trump over and over and over and over, is because they think they will eventually wear down the American people. Now, there are plenty of useful idiots, like the ones protesting outside the New York governor's um, home, and other useful idiots who get on board thinking that you know they should stand up for some absurd idea. In fact, the one in, in San Francisco I, I talked about last week on the show, uh, where they had people uh, protesting outside the uh, Board of Supervisors meeting in San Francisco for reparations, basically saying that every person who meets two of the nine or 11 criteria um, should get, uh, should be eligible for reparations and this impossibly uh, absurd amount, $5 million per person, a $93,000 a year salary for 250 years and be able to buy a house in San Francisco for a dollar. 
These people making that protest, I'm sorry, because they, they may be earnest and they may think that they are just standing up for justice. They're just useful idiots. They are being manipulated as I'm, I'm jumping topics. You're topic hopping, as my husband and I say, but like the video, the uh, little uh, vignette I showed you, the um, tweet that came out from Shiva and Fleet, she talked about how Mao Zedong during the Cultural Revolution would manipulate the citizens of China to get riled up into anger to attack other citizens and people in positions of power to demand more of their money. That's what Mao Zedong did to his citizens. She even fleet is saying, this is what the left in America does today. They intentionally get people worked up, demanding, making just outrageous demands on the system that can't possibly happen. Um, and uh, just they instill uh, righteous indignation in them. And, and they don't have any idea what they're talking about, have not any idea that what they're proposing is just preposterous. So with that ramble, um, I want to say on this uh, Fauci's flop. So the great thing about this was a lot of Americans are actually really smart. And so for our radio listeners, you're going to hear this interaction happening at the front door um, in a kind of part of middle class uh, neighborhood, look like row houses neighborhood. Um, and it's a, a predominantly black neighborhood where this uh, entourage with Fauci show up at the front door and try to get this guy to agree to take the jab. So here we could please, if you would, Emilio, play that clip. People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to but create vaccination. Well, it, it used to take years. Okay, it used to. It you know how you know how many years were invested in this in this approach? About 20 years of science to get us to be able to years do it. Not quickly. enough. And nine months is definitely not no. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. The only yeah. reason I'm talking to you right now, as close as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if it allows thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu then, right? It's much more serious than the flu. Well, the flu killed a lot of people annually too. You know how many people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to 30,000. You know how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 Americans. Well, you, well, that, well the, the number that you all given that died, that's, that's once again, that's you all's number. You gonna pay us. Yeah, definitely. Because right. when, when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. Okay, we can probably cut them off there. I will tell you what was really funny, um, because I don't want to run out of time here. Um, what was really funny in that clip, the guy is standing on his, um, his uh, front porch the uh, entourage with Count Fauci on the sidewalk, you know, maybe five or six steps down, 
And as they're walking away, they're walking down the street, the guy is still calling after them. And he's basically saying, you're just trying to make people fearful. He obviously zeroed in on the issues. You know, he's not a big political type, far as you can tell. He's just a and a guy who actually reads the news and thinks for himself, you know, he's pointing out the, the vaccine was created too quickly and, um, you know, it's not really worse than a flu, even though Fauci tries to throw numbers at him. You know, and in that little exchange, by the way, Fauci really lied. If you didn't catch that, Fauci was said to him, do you know how long we've been working on this vaccine? 20 years. The guy had made the point, you develop this vaccine in you know, a short amount of time. So anyway, I close this. We're almost out of time uh, and need to turn to why it matters to you. But um, I really love that clip because it made me smile because actually the American people are pretty darn smart and they're getting tired of being pushed around by Fauci and his ilk. Again, for our radio listeners, this is Debbie Georgiatis. The show is America Can We Talk. You can find it online at americacanwetalk.org. Come back every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. Upcoming this Thursday, we have Natasha Owens, country western singer whose new, uh, whose new song is Trump Won and You Know It. You won't believe how much fun and how funny she is. And for everybody else listening to the show, I'm going to turn and tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today talking about Manhattan DA versus Trump, unjust, outrageous, and sinister. Much could be said about transparently political hatchet job, but to summarize, double standard and hypocrisy do not begin to describe the outrage of this DA's rumored action. New York resident Hillary Clinton, transparently guilty of multiple felonies with emails and the server and many other things, never even a whiff of a prosecution, straining out gnats while proof of CCP bribery of Biden is starkly exposed, massively misguided priorities in the face of, among other things, New York crime surge demonstrates to all the world a weak America descending to banana republic status. Rumors of possible grand jury change of heart seem unlikely. Trump's arrangement syndrome is all consuming among leftist radicals. They have to get Trump. And arrest Trump, GOP litmus test. Vivek Ramaswamy jumped to the front of the GOP pack of presidential candidates with spot on principal denouncement of the New York City DA. Not about a person, but about equal administration of justice. DeSantis voiced pure, coached GOPE consultant speak. Better say something because people are getting mad at the silence from GOP candidates. So blather against weaponized justice, but smear Trump on the porn star payoff. Weak and slimy, not impressive to the MAGA base. Pence, even weaker than DeSantis, bewails DA's priorities, but doesn't denounce the idea. The GOPE is massively out of touch with the American people and the MAGA base, actually disdainful of the GOP base, while enthralled with a donor class. Musk is right. Trump indictment will equal a Trump landslide. And fifth generation, war generation warfare, don't be fooled again. Mike Flynn warns of Trump indictment as a PSYOP distraction. Biden has just been definitively exposed as taking drop bribes from the CCP. Hunter Biden laptop contents more and more widely understood. Watch the America Can We Talk interview of Garrett Ziegler of MarcoPoloUSA.org from this past Thursday, March 16th. It was a stellar interview on our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Recent 972% increase in Chinese migrants crossing the southern border. 
We're under attack, my friends. America's most dangerous enemy, the CCP, is flying surveillance balloons through the U.S. airspace, threatening Taiwan with imminent invasion, invading U.S. southern border, and is beginning to partner with Putin in Russia against Ukraine, while America is led, so to speak, by an adult, senile man, plainly compromised by the CCP. Against this background, the Trump indictment, which is likely to be thrown out in due time, appears to be a planned distraction. And on Pence's DOA presidential campaign, Pence has shown himself to be an all-in believer in the power and wisdom of the GOPE donor consultant class. May serve him well financially, but he will never be supported by the MAGA base. Turning against Trump, J6, Trump's words endangered my family. That's what he said, and people, this is not true, will not assert executive privilege in special counsel investigation of Trump. If Pence really believes in what he's doing and saying, he has horrible tone-deaf judgment. If Pence doesn't believe in what he's doing and saying, he is acting as instructed by the GOPE donor consultant class. He is an extraordinarily weak and small man. Pence has no chance whatsoever of an honest GOP presidential primary election. And the Fauci's flop door-to-door -door jab selling, Fauci PR sent in New York goes awry. Everyday people have learned COVID was never as lethal as portrayed. Vaccines were not thoroughly tested. Vaccines have not been effective. Died suddenly and excess mortality and declining birth rate data are spreading. Even Fauci's offer of money as an inducement to take the vaccine rejected by men on the street. Fauci apparently still believes he will never be held accountable for his pandemic decisions. Fauci is in for an unpleasant surprise. Americans will not forget the lockdowns they were forced to endure. Americans will not forget the treatments they were prevented from accessing. Holding Fauci accountable is in the best protection against future pandemics. And that my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. We have great shows coming up in the next few Thursdays. Quickly to pitch this Thursday, Natasha Owens, country singer, star. She has a new song out, Trump One, and you know it. I can hardly wait for you to hear this song. Uh, and the following Thursday, uh, we have uh, Dr. Fulmer, who wrote a great book. He's a Texas guy, wrote a great book uh, that ties the Wuhan uh, lab, the virus, and the Great Reset in uh, World Economic Forum. You will love him and this book. And then April 6th, Kevin Freeman joining us to explain what's happening with the banks, the economic system. I'm out of time, but I do this show, America Can We Talk, every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. My name is Debbie Georgiatis. My website is americacanwetalk.org. And I do this show to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Talk. Truth about America. Can you hear?